This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Welcome to Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Tommy. And I'm Addie. And you're listening to Series 10, Episode 3, Rest for the Wicked. And let's start it off with a couple announcements. Our first announcement is just a reminder that we are on Twitch streaming every other week. The same day that we release an episode of Essential NBCs, we are doing Twitch streams on the Twitch channel Manifest the RPG. And on that channel, we are doing Q&As about Manifest as we develop the game, as well as live actual play content. So if you want to see cast members of Essential NPCs playing some more Manifest, tune in at 7.30 p.m. Central every other Tuesday, including tonight. Our next announcement is something that Tommy and I are really excited about, um, and you should be too. Two of our artists for Manifest have launched Kickstarters in tandem. Uh, Andrew Thompson and Alan Panicle have launched their Kickstarters for awesome enamel pins of some of their greatest works. Um, There are no Manifest pins, but the art is super cool. We've already backed it, uh, and you should too. So uh, Alan's is Ancient Ones. You should go check it out. And Andrew's is called The Banishment Collection, which you should also go check out as well. Uh, We can all be wearing the same awesome swag. And if you pledge to both Kickstarters, uh, you get some really sweet stuff as a bonus. So go support our amazing artists. Pledge. It's super affordable. It's like 10 bucks a pin or something like that. At least go check it out because once you look at it, uh, you're you're done. You're going to definitely do it. <laughs> Again, their respective Kickstarters are Ancient Ones and Banishment. They're gorgeous. You got to check them out. And that's all we have for announcements, so let's go ahead and move into Words with the GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. This Words with the GM is about Series 10, Episode 2, A Breath of Air. So, uh, last episode, the crew uh was getting into some trouble with uh with the end of their job that they were stealing a brand new ghosty soul one of the things that i wanted to talk about was the sort of consequence structure for failure uh we talked a little bit about how the dice uh are set up where you got pretty much a 50% chance of failure at like sort of the early levels. It's it's designed to be difficult. And as a GM, throttling those consequences can be a little tough because you don't want it to seem unfair, but you also want it to seem like an actual punishment for failure. Uh, the world is harsh and uh, it should feel that way. Yeah. And even though we did succeed a lot during this particular score, every time we did hit those partials or failures it did actually feel like the stakes were getting higher you know as we like failed and dropped into like a desperate situation and then like more obstacles would appear like we lose control of the boat or like the you know ghosts energy circling above us and following us around and and all of those things kind of like 
seemed to ramp up the action and, and tension as we went. Like we didn't really have to struggle a whole lot with each of those consequences. You know, it took a little bit of stress, a little bit of flashbacking, but like as the score went on, it's like each one of those felt like they were looming bigger and bigger. And it was like one more failure or one more partial was going to drastically change the scene and, and key into one of those things. So like, it felt like, you know, even though we did succeed, it was just by like the skin of our teeth. That's good. Cause that's what I wanted. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the tricky part I think is not undoing the success, um, but still creating punishments. A lot of times I think it would be really easy to be like, Oh, well the thing you're going after drops into the water and now you've got to basically start over or something along those lines where your, your success from your last action is mitigated because of your failure for this one. Um, and I think that it's important to keep in mind that as as you're running this game and other games that are designed to be tough for the players that you do allow them to move forward and build that trust so they allow you to do the incremental bad stuff if you lose the trust of the players at the table the scope with which you are allowed to sort of quote unquote punish them for failure seriously diminishes actually i think a really good example of that which actually touches in on episode one like right at the end of episode one though it comes uh uh, though the explanation and expansion on the on the notion happens in episode two, uh, and that's the idea that there were two ghosts inside the body because Gok had scanned and succeeded at identifying which body was the one we needed, uh, and then as just as we were leaving the clinic. Uh, one of the family members is like, oh, so like, what's the deal? Like feral ghost or not? And uh, that all of a sudden, like, threw doubt in our minds, like, wait a second, I thought we succeeded at identifying the body, but now there's something else. And uh, it was like this really cool, like kind of like slow reveal that the ghost of the grandma was indeed the ghost we needed because it was fresh and untainted. But uh, in addition to her having her own spirit in her, she was housing a feral spirit that she had like jumped in front of or something or done some kind of magic to house in her own body to protect her family, uh, which was just like a really cool notion and um, uh, was a really interesting way to both give us a complication with the task at hand without um, undoing what we had already succeeded at previously. And some of those things have to be done on the fly. So if you're ever feeling like uncertain about what consequence to give and what the quote unquote punishment should be, you can always move their position. And that's also when they succeed as well. They can be in a risky or uh, controlled position. But the thing that I think is never unfair is to move them into a desperate position because then they get XP every time they roll. Uh, so when they choose to do something, they know they're uh they're getting their the their level ups uh and i feel like that's the least unfair punishment you can give yeah it's actually really sleek because uh you move into a desperate position and like the way the book describes that is like consequences are greater you're more likely to suffer severe or lethal harm obstacles are harder to like overcome you know everything is just like way way worse when you fail in a desperate position and yet uh, every time you roll, you get that XP point. And it's almost like if you get a failure and the GM moves the team or at least just yourself into a desperate position, it's like the GM's like, 
purchasing like that that credit at the table uh <laughs> to to really really punish you next time you fail or get a partial because uh they gave you a pass and gave you an opportunity to earn like xp every time you roll in order to like make the next failure like that much worse it's uh, i like it because like as a player it really does like set you up to like be ready for the next failure to suck (laughs) (laughs) but like also you're a little greedy because you want to roll and get some xp (laughs) so the takeaway from kind of all of this is that as the gm make sure that you are doling out the consequences for failures and partials by not undoing successes um and not punishing them with no motive that's that's what the harm failure punishment is for uh but if there's narrative things going on that you're changing because of a partial or a complete failure just know that um if you build that trust it'll give you a lot of leeway so don't make things quote unquote the most interesting they can be by just failing them all the time um that's that's a really easy habit to get into uh with blades in the dark and other sort of like grim dark rpg settings uh instead uh try to be as fair as possible so when you want to pull the ripcord on like their success uh further down the line you can and while that last episode was basically the majority of the ghost heist score that just set us right up for the next phase of play in a session of blades in the dark which is uh the payout and downtime which is what makes up a large portion of this upcoming episode. So without further ado, let's go ahead and move on in to Series 10, Episode 3, Rest for the Wicked. Enjoy! Hello, neighbor. I'm Brother Theodore. Growing up in Duskfall isn't easy for most, but I've been blessed to have a wonderful life in this nightmare city. Do you have a moment to talk about the Church of Many Tentacles? Our fantastic, legitimate religion has four easy-to-follow tenets that guide our path. We strive to be good neighbors, help the elderly, usher in the end times, and recycle. Using these goals as my compass, I was able to open my own cozy little tea shop in Six Towers. Radich's Tea and Tea Accessories is a great place for the community to find some respite from the endless darkness and daily horrors of the city. Our congregation has been meeting there while we make preparations for the church's most important ritual. After months of planning and gallons of tea, we were finally ready to summon Aralax, praise be their many tentacles, and let them recycle the world. Aralax arrived, bestowed their glorious destruction on the surrounding area, and then disappeared. Just like that. Most of our members were recycled. It was only through the grace of Aralax's many tentacles that I survived to continue our mission. I'll admit, I was very disappointed when we failed to usher in the end times, but it was a good first step. I'm rallying the surviving congregation, we're getting out of Duskfall, and we're figuring out our next steps. After all, starting over is just another term for recycling. Hi, they call me Brother Dub. They say one man's trash is another man's treasure. I'm fond of tinkering, and there's plenty of treasure to go around. It's amazing some of the perfectly fine things people will throw out around Duskfall. It's ridiculous how offended they get when they find me in their dumpsters digging out their slightly damaged treasures. Even a broken thing can be remade, and that's what I specialize in. But... 
It's gotten me into trouble. Sometimes I get so excited I forget to tell people I've improved their treasures and they don't like that. But that was all before I met Brother Theodore. You see, the Church of Many Tentacles admires my abilities to recycle what I find. It's one of their main pillars of their belief. And for the first time, I, I feel accepted. Now I have purpose and I can finally make a difference with my talents, recycling for the greater good. At first, I wasn't entirely sold on the end of the world part, but Brother Theodore kept telling me that the world is just a bigger treasure that needs recycling, and I specialize in recycling. My name is Brother Gawk, and I've never been the luckiest guy. The people at the orphanage used to say I got left on every doorstep in Six Towers. As a kid, I wound up in a gang of street urchins pilfering coins, secrets, and ghostly echoes for the reclusive vampire Lord Skurlock. But no one stays at Ragamuffin forever. <laughs> Eventually, I aged out of gutter sniping and had to go into the pickpocket business on my own. It turned out I had also aged out of not getting beaten half to death when I got caught. <laughs> Until I met Brother Theodore. I was red-handed, but he was just nice to me. He invited me to his shop, gave me some tea, and introduced me to the Church of Many Tentacles. When I was initiated as assistant ritualist, everything felt perfectly set up to give this horrible world the ending it deserved. So how did it all go so wrong? Brother Dirkman. Hi. Look, this won't take long, will it? Okay. I got involved with the church after I fell out with the Abyssal Legionnaires. You know, the hired guns they use on the Leviathan Hunters. They taught me to shoot, I guess. I don't know. The finer points, maybe. Seems to me it's a skill you're born with, but maybe that's just because I'm so fucking good. Whatever. So, yeah, I spent a lot of time beyond the lightning fence. A lot of time. Deathlands will fuck you up. They should have been consumed in the almighty maw of Aralax, you know, just like everything else. I am so pissed that ritual went wrong. <sighs> oh, this, oh, this is Admiral Quibbles. She was Vice Admiral until just this morning. She's worked so hard, she's earned it. She has, she has. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know pigeons don't have military ranks that we know of. Anyway, yeah, uh, before that, I was just a powder boy, and before that, I was a chimney sweep. Just a bunch of dingy, tiny, sooty places. So yeah, you know, that's why I'm so goddamn cheery all the time. We done? We're done. Well, hello. My name is Morgan. Or Sister Morgan, if you want to be proper. If you've ever found yourself in one of the many underground poker halls in Duskfall, you might just recognize me. I have an easy face to remember, after all, seeing as my Tykerosi heritage has left me with this beautiful ash-gray skin and striking red eyes. Now I've always had a bit of the gift of gab, a way of convincing others to do and think what I want them to. But even I have to admit, I am burdened with a short temper. 
a byproduct of growing up among street thugs and gang enforcers, I'm afraid. When I was running with the Bravos, if someone crossed me or my crew, I'd be the first in line to snap them in two. But once I joined the Church of Many Tentacles, I've made a point to follow its tenets in an effort to be a little more neighborly and avoid such unpleasantness when I can. The church has given me the one thing I never could find with the Bravos. A family that actually gives a damn about each other. So if keeping a cool head and giving folk the benefit of the doubt is what it takes to be a part of this family, well that don't seem half bad. Still, every once in a while someone needs to be put in their place and well, Sometimes I just can't help myself. The last time we left the Church of Many Tentacles, they had just completed a score collecting what they believe is referred to as a breath of air, which in their decipherings was a freshly made, newly minted ghost bottled and ready for ritual. They, uh need this breath of air for a ritual to get them out of the city since they blew up a large chunk of it uh, in a ritual gone wrong to end the world a second time. They've successfully returned to Radich's tea and tea accessories and are now enjoying uh, a little bit of downtime before uh, they head off to collect the rest of the components for their ritual. What do you do? I'd like to go visit Flint, my therapist, who is also my spirit trafficker. So I'll go back to his office. All right. So uh, you arrive uh, back in Dunslow. You go down into his basement office and he's there this time alone. Uh, and he, he greets you with a, a smile that you don't entirely recognize as his own. But that's pretty typical, especially when he's housing uh, a guest or two inside of himself and uh he he greets you hello hello love come on sit down okay yeah uh I, i'm here i'm here for my session i guess oh right you you did have a session today ah uh, how do you feel about that uh, <laughs> and he's and he smiles a big awkward smile at you hey Hey, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know. I don't know you. Could you, could you let Flint out? I need to talk to him actually right now. Ugh. And, uh, and, and, but without sort of acknowledging anything, Flint's face sorts of like contorts and changes and like, it looks almost painful, but not quite. Uh, and, and he comes back. Up. Oh, hello, love. Please sit. Welcome back. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Um, I, I have to admit I, I didn't expect I would be coming back for another session, but, uh, you know, as it turns out, uh, the thing I thought I, I said I thought was going to, you know, cure all my my ills and anxieties, uh, it's actually made it worse. Well, as we discussed previously, um, there is no catch-all cure for, uh, for anything. We've got to work for it. There's no easy way, so... Uh, that's good that that you've recognized that your solution wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. It takes hard work. Yeah, you can say that again. Uh, but the the thing is, uh, so the uh, solution, I guess, as we're calling it, uh, it, it went so poorly that uh, I see it whenever I close my eyes, you know, it's like the end of the world. Like I see it. Like I, I know I was I, I know I've talked about how I was, you know, worried about it before, but but now like I, I know what it looks like and, and that actually makes it worse. Flint looks at you, 
you can see the cogs uh, in his brain working and or ghosts swirling around. It actually is kind of hard to tell. And uh, how, how do you think you uh, feel about that? What's What's got you so haunted? Uh, uh, well, you know, it's 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 more of a yeah, it's actually more of a, a metaphorical end of the world. Just just to be clear, but I guess <laughs> of course, of course, of course. I guess what really bothers me is that you know, I sometimes feel like I have something to live for. Well, that's what we're we've been working toward. That's what we've been hoping for, right? Find that hope. Oh, you mean. I'm supposed to have something I want to live for? Of course, of course. We've all got to find some way to toil through. Huh. Got to have purpose. Right, a purpose. I think that really helps, actually. Well, maybe. As long as it's not hopeless. There's always a way to to achieve your goals, son. Uh, Gawk, Gawk, like, kind of uh, thinks that over for a second. You know what? I'll get back to you on that. All right. How does um? How does four five days from now sound? Yeah, that yeah, I can make that work. And uh, now, uh, open up. <sighs> and he like scrunches his his like really broad shoulders up and sort of like contorts a little bit and and like you hear like some uh, bones in his neck neck like cracking. Uh, and you see like a a spirit sort of just like pour out. Uh, from his his like mouth and like area and like face, uh, and it just comes rushing at you as if it had been like spit at you, um, and uh, and it hits you in the face, uh, and everything goes dark. Cool. So I'm gonna roll uh, my dice to recover from this mental stress I take I took from being shaken, and I guess I will pay Flint by making this. Uh, horrific ghost delivery for him. And I have two sixes, so sweet. Oh, great. Uh, so that is uh, five ticks on your healing clock. So in one of my recent expeditions, as I like to call them, I came across a lawyer, and I happened to gain his services. I would like to try to get him to get some heat off of our back by making a a different case, much more high profile. Perhaps another client of his he's defending. Try to take some of the attention away from various explosions that happened throughout the city that we had nothing to uh, <clears throat> do with. And uh, what would you like to uh, roll to uh, convince him to accomplish that? Well, as I've been reading up on various cases in the city... Uh, I'd like to roll study. Okay, so you head over to your advocate's office uh, and knock on the door, uh, and uh, he is not with a client right now. Um, You remember him being sort of drunk and disorderly the last time that you saw him, Um, and uh, this time uh, he looks a little bit more put together but the uh, the telltale bags under his eyes and sort of the the shake his shaky hands, uh, he might still be hungover uh, from last night's endeavors. Um, come in. Hi. Yes. Hello. It's uh, me. Again. Uh, so loud. Please. Um, hi. Hi. Oh, hi. Hi. You you do remember me, correct? 
I, I do. Okay. Yes, I could not forget. Is there something I could help help you with? If perhaps some of your cases uh, got more attention from the press, I think that would help me a lot. And you could be a lot less active in, say, any potential cases I may have. So, uh, but none of my cases are particularly high profile right now. There's no new evidence. I don't have... Did you have one in mind or a new break or, I don't know, some painkillers? Well, I happen to have the painkillers. And Brother Dub hands him... uh, He he pours out a couple of pills into his hand and places it into his... Newly acquired lawyer's hands. Uh, yeah, he takes them without asking what they are. Yeah, I found these uh, actually in the same dumpster I met you. Oh, no. Why? Well, I guess, thank you if I don't die of sepsis. I don't know how to make my cases bigger profile. I've got, like, the penny farthing bandit, and I've got the poison mushroom dealer, and, I, and I've got... Uh, the guy, the guy who's been doing all the painting on the doors for no reason. He was just taken into custody. He's mine. So, oh, so he was taken into custody for no reason, for simply supplying art to the city. I suppose some of his work could uh, become popular and make you popular as well. Okay, so so social justice kind of angle. Yes. Okay. Okay. Ow. Um. Thank you for the garbage painkillers and uh and I guess I guess from here we'll just we'll just go and we'll figure it you just go I'm going to I'm going to take a nap and then I'll figure it out for you. Ah, okay. but they so they are working. Yes, please just go. Please just <laughs> just go. Please go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And <laughs> I depart. Okay, great. Um so you can roll your study. You got a four? So you can um, reduce two heat from the crew. Uh, and it, and over the next few days, you hear about uh, some, some paintings going up for auction uh, that, are, that are art and how uh, self-expression is one of the few things that people have left and... Uh, and it seems to make a little bit of a tizzy, not so much that people forget that you blew up a, a decent part of the city, but maybe they're not focusing. The people aren't focusing so much on it at the moment. Uh, who would like to go next? Uh, Brother Dirkman, he is uh, going to head down to the docks. That's where his uh, floating apartment is. It's a decommissioned steamship that has been kind of like reworked to have like a covering so that the deck is the first floor and then uh, below decks is the second floor. Um, he's just going to go there, drop off his guns and then wear his dedicated uh, disguise. He can't really travel around the docks very easily just because there's a, a lot of the abyssal legionnaires around and he's not really on good terms with those dudes. Uh, so he kind of like has a coat to cover up his tattoos and uh, wears a waistcoat and some trousers and they're like, high waters so he looks like a kind of a dork um and then he's gonna head toward ink row uh toward his friend who is a tattoo artist and also his whisper purveyor of his vice uh so you walk into the tattoo shop mm-hmm. 
Um, and uh, it is lit in sort of a, a... They've done something to the ghost lamps in here to make them look green instead of blue, which is always very like disconcerting mm-hmm. to have a different kind of filter over everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, reds look like black and greens uh, look almost white. Uh, it's it's uh, for the for people who are walking in for the first time, they're they're always sort of off put. Uh, Philandra's in the back uh, at her chair, uh, working on a person uh, working on what looks like a, a some kind of like anchor skull tattoo thing on someone's shoulder blade. I'm going to wave at her, uh, just like be like a little two finger wave, be like, hi, I'm here. And then I'm going to just sit and wait for her to finish up on this person uh, so that we may talk in private. Okay. Uh, it looks like this is a multi-stage tattoo, so it doesn't take her too long to do the line uh, inking before uh, she uh, puts a little like, salve on it and some like uh gauzy papery stuff and and sends uh the person on their way and then waves waves you back hey how how are you doing philandra hey not too bad i'm um Making good money doing tattoos and not other things. What yeah, uh, sure, what's up? Thing. Yeah, look, I'm sorry. Like, I know you, I said you probably weren't going to see me again. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I know. I um, I'm really sorry. I'm actually I I have to uh, ask for my gun back. Um, you want your gun back? I know. I was supposed to settle my debts with it, but I actually kind of uh, need it because, like I said, I'm gonna be sticking around for a while. So um. I don't know. How can I, is there another, can I get, I, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of coin right now. I don't know if we're going to get on a payment plan sort of thing. I don't, I know that I owe you a little bit of money, but I, I just, I just want to work. Can we work something out? I need that gun. I can, I can, uh, give you that gun back. We just, uh, we'll work something out. Thank you. What, 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 what made you come back? Uh, what went wrong? Bruh, nothing specific. Um, no, you know what? That's that's a lie. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to lie to you. But so there's you know the tragedy that happened a few days ago, and um, my little sister was involved in it, and uh, she was lost. So I I just I have to take care of my family. I'm sticking around the city. I'm and I need I need to make money, and I need my gun to make money. Uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. And, um, what would you like to roll to convince her to give you your gun back? I mean, that's a lie. So it's not going to be a consort. I'm going to go with sway. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Who? that's a three. That is a failure. Okay. So, um, you, uh, she gives you your gun back. But you have ticked one evidence box and also um, uh, one of the out of favors ticks on the clock. Ooh, wow. So now out of favors is um, is, a, is at three and evidence is also out of th- three out of four. Thank you, File. I, I, really, I really appreciate this. Yeah, we'll see you back here soon. I'll be here right? pretty soon, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, okay. Thank you. Thank you again. Yeah, of course. And he like of gives course, her an awkward anytime. nod. Yeah, yep. Thank you, and kind of like backs out of the door, and like thank you, thank you. And as soon as he's outside of the door, he like oh, huge like sighs. Like I really don't know whether or not that went well. 
<laughs> and he's going to head back to the uh, the TNT accessory shop. Who would like to go next? Well, it is a Tuesday afternoon. So like every Tuesday afternoon, I will come into the meeting room in the back of the tea shop uh, and I will look around at all of my gathered friends and fellow cult members and ask, would anyone like to come with me as uh, we do some community cleanup this afternoon? Normally, I, Morgan doesn't uh, uh, go along on these little escapades. She finds them a little silly. Um, but earlier that day, uh, in, you know, I'm, I'm feeling really stressed, and I thought I would go and uh, relax at the card tables for a little while. So I grabbed some of my coin to cash in for some credit, and I just couldn't bring myself to go in to the uh, to the gambler's den. So uh, I'm still pretty stressed, and I'm kind of sitting there and feeling a little bottled up. And uh, uncharacteristically, I look up uh, to Theodore and say, "Oh well, you know, Theodore, I don't have anything going on today. So um, if you're if you're needing a hand, I suppose I could help out." That's wonderful. Uh, would anyone else like to come? Of course, I assume everyone says no. Yeah, no, I definitely say no. Uh, You get a hand wave to go away as Brother Dub is currently tinkering with something. I have an appointment. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Uh, Morgan, let's, let's go clean up these streets. Let's help out our neighbors live in a more beautiful neighborhood and also recycle. Great, great. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. A little, a little stiff. I say that, and I follow you out, and I, uh, we go out, and later into the day, as we're uh, as we're cleaning up the trash and everything, uh, making polite conversation as we do. Uh, eventually, I I kind of mentioned to uh, to Theodore, I'm like, yeah, I, I, you know, it is surprising that no one else uh, decided to come along. I mean, for one thing, uh, continuing business as usual looks good for the cult, you know. Uh, I mean, what's uh, what's Brother Dirkman got going on anyways that he can't give you a hand? Well, you know, I, I everyone is always welcome to come along on community cleanup, but it's not like I expect Dirkman or Dub to come along. They've got their own things that I, I might personally disagree with, but ultimately... I'm, I'm sort of sensing you don't... This isn't a conversation about... Um, philosophy and theology the more i talk (laughs) (laughs) i've now stopped cleaning at this point i'm just kind of leaning up against the wall i go well the thing is theodore uh i mean i i know i don't typically come along on these little things but but i've always just kind of figured if you if you really needed me you you would know that you could ask a little more fervently instead of just suggestion right you could you could say you could really use the help, and then I'd I'd be there right away. You you do know that, right? Of course, I assume all of our our little family would come along if I really pushed the issue. It's just, I mean, I know why I I may have held on to some credit at the tables before the ritual, but you know, Brother Dirkman, he's he's always quick to throw blame around and expect more of others than he does of himself, but you don't think he's onto something with with how the ritual went sideways, being related to the credit I kept at the tables? 
I mean, the, the, as far as I know, the scripture never specifically said we had to get rid of everything. We just had to make preparations. No, you're right. The scripture it doesn't mention anything of ridding ourselves of worldly possessions. It's, uh, I, I think that's sort of a misinterpretation of, of many of us putting everything we had into preparation for said ritual. But honestly, I couldn't tell you why... Uh, the whole thing got all jumbled up. I, I don't think we'll ever really know. I mean, Gawk might figure it out. He's a smart kid. He is. It'd be nice if he knew it. Well, give him time. I'm sure he'll he'll come into his own. And I think Dirkman lived a much darker life uh, before coming to us. And I think it's easy for him to fall back on those habits. And the important thing is when you're a good neighbor, you have to accept your neighbors as they are, even if it's not as we'd like them to be. Like this guy over here. This isn't <laughs> garbage. This is recycling. And it's the recycling can is right here. It would have been so easy to just take this and put it where it belongs, but he didn't. <laughs> I look down the road at the gentleman you're speaking about. I could, I could go have a word with him if you like, Brother Theodore. Cracking my knuckles. I don't think that's necessary, Sister Morgan. I I think we just have to accept that sometimes things aren't the way we would like them to be. I nod at that, and I go, and, and what about when our neighbors uh, aren't willing to take that first step into understanding your position? I suppose I'm supposed to, I roll my eyes, be the bigger man and, and go and have a word with Dirkman and sort things out, patient and whatnot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll deflate a little bit. <laughs> Thank you, Theodore. As always, your your counsel is uh, has a way of cooling my heels. I appreciate it. I'm just happy I could help, Morgan. So, since you have come along with me, as I have indulged in my vice of community service... Uh, <laughs> When you roll to reduce stress, you can adjust your die result uh, by one or two in either direction. Well, I rolled a four, and I'm going to go ahead and push that up to a six to reduce six of my seven stress. Uh, and I have rolled a six, and I'm going to drop that down to a four, so I recover all of my stress and don't overindulge. Later that day, uh, the whole time I was helping uh, Brother Theodore picking up trash, uh, he may have noticed that my... My arm, the one the, the ghost kind of got a claw on, uh, you know, I, I kind of been favoring the other arm for most of the day. My, it got this tingly feeling. My, my fingertips can't quite feel them, and it, it's making it a little hard to go through the day. And so I, I suck up my pride, and, and I, I eventually uh, cross paths with Brother Dirkman again and mm. Maybe try to arrange a, a moment where uh, he can walk in as I'm pouring myself a drink from my flask and glance up and see him go, Bro Brother Dirkman, uh, would you like uh, to join me? Is it ginger ale? Brother Dirkman, you wound me. I say pouring him a glass. Yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, and as we sit down, uh, I, I make a, a slight show of uh, having the trouble holding my glass with my arm that was injured. Have you not gotten that arm looked at yet? Sister Morgan? Oh, uh, no, I, I, not, not as of yet. Uh, Are you I thought, serious? Well, I, I, I figured Brother Theodore needed some help, and I fi it, it could it could heal on its own. I don't think 
I mean, a physicer would make it go faster, but... Yeah, probably. Or, you know, it, it could heal on its own, or it could just get worse, you know, like some injuries tend to do. Look, I have a cousin... He's a total asshole, but he's a physiker and he can fix you up. Do you want do you want to go do you want to go see him? Well, brother Dirkman, that that's my kind of you. Yeah. I I would absolutely take you up on that offer. All right, I all appreciate right. it. Yeah, it's fine. Let's go. Uh and he slams the What is what what is it? What did you give me? It it's basically mushroom moonshine. Mm-mm. Yeah, he'll he'll slam the moonshine and like shake his head a little bit and like smack his lips. Mm. Yeah, that's the good shit. All right, let's get going. Uh, and on the way there, I'll, I'll uh, as we're getting closer, I'll be like, Dirkman, I, I'd like to take a moment to to apologize. This is this is a real kindness you show me. And I know we've been at odds since, well, the incident. And I, I want you to know that I, I bear you no ill will for, for things that may have been said. We're all stressed and confused by what's happened. And uh, and I, I, I do believe... Uh, well, I mean, in the in the field, we've always seen eye to eye. I, I figure we can find a way to see eye to eye in the day to day as well. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's yeah, okay, that's really that's really sweet, Sister Morgan. Yeah, definitely, that's super sweet. I'm glad you hold no ill will toward me about the thing. That's good. I know they're probably paused for a second, and so he's gonna nod and keep walking. <laughs> if I had hair on the back of my neck to bristle, <laughs> I bristle a bit at that, and uh, I I catch up with your pace, and I go, "You see, the thing is, brother Dirkman, <laughs> uh-huh. I had a word with a uh, brother Theodore uh, earlier today, and and uh, he he seems to agree that perhaps the scripture never." truly stated that we needed to get rid of all our worldly possessions. I just, I would hate for us to continue forward. You think in my commitment to the, to the church, I'm any, to, I look around to the church mm-hmm. <laughs> was, uh, was not a hundred percent. I, I, I believe fully in the tenants and, and I was prepared for things to go correctly as well as anyone else. Whatever I may have left behind it was uh, just in case, you know, the blue coats or someone else we weren't prepared for blindsided us, and maybe that's what happened. Honestly, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, brother. Brother Theodore said we don't, we didn't have to get rid of all of our earthly possessions. He said that. He said that's like a quote from him. That's what he said. That's what he told you. Uh, more or less, those, those were. We okay. never had to rid ourselves of all worldly possessions. I'm sorry. I I'm sorry. No, said. but. Okay, but specifically the text says, the text says, the text says, listen, okay, and he, he like has a, a notebook <laughs> that he pulls out. It's like a, a, a pocket, a pocket, uh, a church of many tentacles, just like, like a book with like some of like the, the salient points of the text. And he, and he po- comes out and he points it out. It's highlighted. It's underlined a little bit. The text says, take those that hold you to this world and rid yourself of of them. I feel like that's pretty like straightforward. Take those that thing the anything that holds you to this world to where we are right now in this reality that still exists because somebody fucked up. Take that, get rid of it. That seems pretty straightforward to me. I don't know how he could interpret that differently, right? I believe it's a more of a spiritual disconnect is what what the scripture is looking for. A a willingness to leave it behind. 
but you would have you would still have to adhere to the to the rules of the world in order for that to make sense, right? So like if you if you technically own something by the law of like fucking Duskwall, you know what I mean? If you if it, if you legally hold it, it's still yours by the rules of the world, right? Doesn't that kind of make sense? Legally, yes, but if you have no real connection to it and have no problem leaving it behind as you move on into the uh, whatever happens after Aralax arrives. Yeah, but that that yeah, that 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 kind of that kind of does actually make sense. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Tell you what, I'm gonna talk to Brother Theodore. We'll have one of our rousing, lively discussions about it, and 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 depending on the result of that, I might be able to forgive you. How's that sound? Good. I I I try not to giggle, uh, and I go, "That sounds lovely, Brother Dirkman." Awesome. He just shakes his head. Okay, up here. It's it's just up here, right around the corner. Let's go. Come on. And then I see his physiker cousin. Uh, who who what is who is your cousin? So he uh, has his office in Charter Hall. His living quarters are like above it. It's it's one of those like dual apartment thingies. Um, he moved to Duskwall with me when I was young and and grew up here. I was kind of like the person who was always earning money for my family, and that allowed him to go to school and get an get an education uh, in the doctoral arts. And he's kind of the family golden boy somehow, even though even though I'm the one that kept the family afloat. That's fine. You know, I know you think I'm an asshole, but he's a fucking asshole. I mean it. I hate him. Uh, <sighs> all right, let's oh, go. Oh, dear. Uh, I walk in very worried. Uh, so you walk into uh, Sumner's office, uh, and it is actually uh, weirdly empty as far as uh, what's on the shelves. Um there are little sparkly bits all over the floor. It looks like uh, this office was close enough to the explosion that a lot of the supplies were um, uh, rattled off of the walls. Um, and uh, and there is a broom and sort of dustbin uh, full of stuff in the corner. Um, your uh, golden boy uh, cousin, Sumner, is sitting behind the desk uh, reading uh, by lamplight um, uh, something that looks like a, a list or perhaps a form of some kind. It's hard to tell. But he looks up as uh, you come in. Yeah, I think Dirkman actually like leads leads the way and uh, sees his cousin at his desk and doesn't say hi or anything and just says, "My friend needs her arm fixed up. Can you please take her, take care of her for me, please?" Hey, Dirk. Hi. Long some... time no see. Yeah. Wonder why. Oh, I'm sure you've been busy doing things, very important things. Uh, so let's see. Um, uh, Miss, if you want to hop up on the uh, table over here. This is this is the operating table, the one covered in clutter and junk. I I, I thought this was a a high end establishment you were bringing me to, Dirkman. This this looks well. This looks like worse than a workshop. A workshop, some a workshop worse than. Yeah, I haven't had time to clean up. Uh, the city actually called me uh, personally to to come and help uh, 
uh, all of those injured uh, in the blast, it was, you know, kind of an honor. And, and of course I said yes. And, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I'd be surprised if they uh, didn't follow through on that medal they offered. Of course Ooh. I would turn them down, but, uh, Ooh, but that would be great. Yeah. Uh, I, have, I have the ability like looking into a mirror, which uh-huh. allows me to know whether or not someone is lying. Is his cousin telling the truth? Uh, almost entirely. Uh, he would not turn down a medal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I go, oh, well, a medal, that is, that is most impressive. Uh, it is always nice to, to know that the city can look after uh, those with the skills uh, to make themselves useful. It's just a shame that you can't keep your own house in order with... Uh, do you get in-house calls very often? I, I'm surprised no one's told you about this. It's quite disconcerting. By the way, this is the arm. It was scratch, scratched by a ghost. Ghost fighting. Ah, uh, well, uh, that can be tricky sometimes. Uh, let me take a look. And he starts manipulating your arm. Ah, uh, numb? A, a, a touch, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, how long has this been uh, a problem? Was this a recent injury? Uh, just a couple days ago, yes. Uh, you know, you should uh, see, you know, come see me as soon as this kind of thing happens. Uh, it's much easier to treat that way. Uh, but I'm sure Dirk didn't think of that. If it, if it weren't for your cousin, I would still be suffering this down uh, uh, two districts over. Oh, well, that's uh, that's nice. Did you uh, did you get a ride, Dirk? Got a, got new wheels, Dirk? No. I didn't get new uh, wheels. Oh, shame. But maybe maybe you'll sell that boat sometime since you don't take it out anymore. And uh, and maybe we'll get you something good. Uh, I told you it's not a boat. It's my apartment. Right. Sorry, ship. Um, uh, as he's talking and sort of jabbing uh, Dirk, he's, he's also jabbing your arm and sort of like running salves all over it. He walks over and picks up a bunch of stuff and, and uh, is... Like, actually, like, f- it feels like he's doing a lot to help you. Uh, it's hard to tell whether he is or not, um, but you uh, can go ahead and roll three dice. All right. I have a six. Uh, so that is uh, three segments on the healing clock. Uh, I will I will go ahead and splurge for the premium treatment, and I will spend a coin uh, to upgrade that result. Oh, hanging out with the big spenders there, Dirk, moving up in the world. Every once in a while, I get a classy friend. It's true. It's true. And uh, very, very, very impressive. Thank you. Thank since, you. Since this treatment has probably taken a little bit of time, I've been listening to the two of these fellas bicker for uh, a while um is do i have any sense of something i could do to stick it to uh to dirkman's cousin whether it be lifting something off him that he holds dear or saying something that would particularly spite him some kind of weakness in in his perfect golden boy armor that's what i'm searching for this whole time people are people and you can find a jab um uh without having to study him Excellent. Then I will roll sway. I have two sixes. Okay, that is a critical. So this guy's actually pretty handsome. So if you wanted to be like, uh, ooh, sorry about that hit in the face. I don't know if your nose is ever going to be straight again. Oh, or something I, like that. I, have, I have something then. If he's vain, I will uh, stand up and I'll, I'll look at my arm after the treatment and be like, well, 
it does turn out uh, that you are quite the medicine man. I do appreciate the talent. It's a shame that Dirkman got all the good looks in the family. Morgan! <laughs> that is not an appropriate thing to say to my cousin. It's far too hilarious and true. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I try to look the most gorgeous I can as I walk out with uh, Dirkman. Oh, uh, uh, wait, 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 wait. Um, uh, you need this salve. It might get infected. So uh, take it. Uh, I got that. Hey, let me just let me just snag that right from you. Thank, thank you, some. Thank you very much. Uh, Clean up the place a little bit. I mean, the broom's right there. It's right there. And do something with your hair, darling. I mean, honestly. And he tries to, like, push it back or something and goes, uh, you, this isn't, <laughs> not, um, I don't normally. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure. I okay. say, as if I don't believe him. <laughs> uh, uh, and he shuts the door behind you guys as you leave. Yeah, okay, that was pretty classy. That was pretty classy, I'm not gonna lie. I just smirk. <laughs> And we uh, will walk on back to, I guess we're going back to the tea shop, right, together? Uh, Yes, I'm all out of downtime activities. Uh, Would anyone else like to partake in a downtime activity? Well, on my way back from uh, my appointment with uh, Flint, uh, I will pass by the neighborhood where we uh, pulled that ghost heist most recently, and I'm going to kind of look into the ghost field and I'm going to find all the echoes of all that, uh, ritual stuff we did. And I'm going to throw some, uh, some chaff and static into that to make it so that anybody who's trying to like, uh, look into what happened, uh, using a tune, they're going to have a really hard time doing it. So I'm going to try clear heat with a tune by making this crime very difficult to investigate supernaturally. Yeah, that seems fine. So you head on over and um, you're taking the uh, gondola back because uh, it's it's the fastest way. And, and uh, just like as you ask them to kind of take the uh, uh, less direct route home, you happen to pass by the ironworks uh, and the gondolier is like, are you sure? And uh, you're like, yeah. Uh, and um, don't worry about it. I say as my eyes roll back into my head. <laughs> And uh, yeah, you uh, start attuning to, um, you know, throw that static all up in there. Uh, So go ahead and roll a tune. I got a three. So yeah, you uh, you throw throw that static in there and it's there's a definite area of static instead of creating sort of like an area effect it's like exactly where the criming was Uh, (laughs) there is now a bunch of static ghosty static uh and uh and it it worked Um, right now now instead of someone finding it and being like oh there was a crime ritual here they'd be like oh there was a cover-up here (laughs) exactly (laughs) and uh as your eyes roll back into, you know, place, uh, the gondolier looks like, whoa, that was weird. Yeah, welcome to my life. <laughs> just keeps pushing you along and, and you get home just fine because that is the gondolier's job. I- I'm glad we're still friends, gondolier. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, who would like to go next? Long-term project, preparing, possibly preparing uh, things for the r- ritual. 
what are you doing to prepare for the ritual? I will be preparing a special containment device for the ghost so we can properly deploy it for the ritual as as one of the steps towards my long-term project. So you want to create sort of like a, a ritual safety net? Yes, to make sure everything goes correctly. Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and roll, I assume, Tinker is what you're going for? Yes, please. Okay, yeah, go for it. Four. Okay, so uh, Dub, uh, this will create an eight clock called Ritual Device, uh, and this will take one of the uh, sections. Um, as you get more information and more um components to the ritual uh you can add to this ritual device um and and your workspace is now more limited because you have a long-term project uh on there uh taking up your space excellent so for downtime activity dirkman is going to acquire an asset for the team um i think the idea is he is going to find a uh either a blue coat bar or uh, a place where they hang out when they're not on duty. And uh, uh, hopefully it is a place of ill repute so that I can catch somebody doing something dirty and blackmail them for it. Uh, sure. You are, in fact, uh, a very good hunter. Uh, and as you uh, trail uh, blue coats as they wander around the city, you find one that... Uh, wanders into a what could only be described as a smoke shop of um, illicit goods. Uh, and uh, as as you can spy through the small windows uh, of the place uh, and through the haze, um, uh, you can see her uh, partaking in a number of different uh luxuries that um are on offer in this smoke shop uh, uh a, a pleasure den of all kinds uh so much fodder that you don't even know where to begin to blackmail her so where do you begin <laughs> so shall all uh watch her go inside give it a couple of minutes uh wait for her to like sit down get settled get her opium pipe loaded uh, and, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll enter the shop, just kind of like walk in, uh, nod to the shopkeep and, and as though I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm her friend. I'm going to go, I'm going to go join her. Uh, and as she's sitting in, uh, the chair that's away from, that's facing away from me, I'll just line, lean next to her right ear and I'll be like, uh, enjoying your time off constable. She starts upright uh it's okay it's okay you can you can stay seated and i'll come around the side of the chair and i'll sit down in front of her her jaw is hard set uh it looks like she is waiting to see what you have to say you are just fine go ahead go ahead uh light it up here let me and i uh i'll take the lighter and i'll I'll, like indicate you know like go ahead and uh wait till she puts it up to her lips and i'll I'll light the little the little uh like bud of opium and the in the end of the pipe good 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 all right now that you're nice and relaxed she does not look relaxed (laughs) (laughs) i need something from you 
I know it's a shocker, right? Uh, but I do, I do. It's pretty basic. It's pretty standard. All I need to know are the activities of the blue coats in relation to an event that might have happened recently in Giant Park. Her her eyes go wide and then narrow uh, as she studies your face. There are certain friends of mine who uh, were damaged by the events that happened, and they would really, really like to get to the people who committed this before you all do. It's very important to them. Do you think that that might be a thing that you could help me out with, Constable? Uh, she takes a, a deep deep breath and, and goes, what's in it for me? Well, let's see. And I look around, kind of indicate where we are, this is uh, this is kind of an interesting place for you to be, of all people, for various reasons, is it not? In fact, it would kind of really be awful if somebody found out that you'd be hanging out here. I don't know if you could maybe keep your job, even. Uh, is a job a thing that you want to keep? I could lose my job doing what you're asking me to do. That's a fair assessment, but you forgot a tiny little word, and that's could. You could lose your job. But if you don't do it, you will lose your job. It's a little bit more immediate, don't you think? Uh, Go ahead and roll your cruise tier, which I believe I said was tier one. That's a three. Uh, So you, at this moment, can spend coin to raise the result of this roll. Can I spend the Colts coin? Because I have no coin. I would like to flash back Brother Dirkman, are you are you heading out? I am. Yeah. What's up, Dub? Will you pick me up a soda on your way back? <laughs> and I just hand him some. I I just hand him some coin, and I'm not oh. really paying attention to the amount. What uh, um, what 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 flavor do you want? Fervent fungi or apple goat? <laughs> that one. Yes. 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 Apple goat. Good. Good. Um, and I'll go ahead and drop this coin on this on this person, and I'll be like, "Fine, I'll sweeten the deal a little bit to get a better to get a better result." That's all a girl can hope for. That and to be left alone. I can do that. I can leave you alone as long as I get my information. I can leave you alone. Uh, so you have acquired Jellica Naru. Temporarily for now to help you and give you the heads up on any info for uh, the Giant Park incident. Excellent. And uh, you just go ahead and enjoy that. Here's your lighter back and you have a fantastically pleasant opium den experience. Bye. She watches you go. And just as the door is about to like close, she leans back and, uh, you know, takes another puff. It's already gotten her in trouble. She might as well. Anyone else? Well, after doing the community cleanup on Tuesday afternoon, um, and Sister Morgan headed back to the tea shop, um, I would like to head out and start looking for this potential uh, surviving church member who's just out there in the wild with no one to look out for them. Uh, So you want to start a long-term project? Yes. Sure. How are you going about looking for this person? I will reach out to the network of sanitation workers 
um, that I had become friends with in my time in Duskwall. Um, I've tried to encourage them to separate, you know, garbage and recyclables to middling success, but I like to think we're friends now. Uh, and I will just talk to them and see if they've heard anything about this fellow church member who may have survived. Uh, no, I ain't seen nobody, but uh, but uh, you know who might uh, have seen somebody? Steph. Steph might have seen somebody. You should go over there and talk to Steph. Uh, Steph will know stuff. Oh, I haven't heard anything, but maybe if you go talk to Richard, maybe he'll know something. You should talk to Richard. Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, you know who knows kind of everything? Olympia. I always ask her for stuff. You know, uh, I have heard of um, someone sort of out of sorts. Uh, I heard that there was some people were seen heading uh, south after the explosion. Uh, I happened to be in the area and I saw that there were a bunch of bins knocked over and it looked like someone had been in them. Uh, and usually the kids put them back, you know, they, when they're sca- scrounging. Uh, they're pretty They're pretty great about that. So I bet, I bet they had, that's the person you're looking for. Thank you, Olympia. You have been incredibly helpful. Yeah, no problem. Go ahead and roll consort. And please, the plastic can, it can be recycled. (laughs) As we've discussed previously, we don't have the manpower for that uh, to separate it out at the facility. So we're just going to keep, keep on doing our thing. But, you know, thank you for the tip. As always, every time. (laughs) I got a five. Uh, great. So that is two ticks on the clock that you've just created called Lost Lamb. Uh, and what is the size of that clock? Uh, it is an eight clock. Uh, and after that, I will head back to the tea shop. Uh, so everyone finished their downtime activities uh, and conve- reconvenes down uh, back at the tea shop. And over a brilliant mushroom tea, uh, everyone... Uh, starts to hunker down and look for the next uh, part of this ritual. Uh, And that's where we'll end our session. This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. This series of the Essential NPCs podcast is based on Blades in the Dark, a product of 1-7 Design, developed and authored by John Harper and licensed for use by EMPC Productions under Creative Commons Attribution. For more information, go to www.bladesinthedark.com.